I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Jules, what a weekend. Three massive games. It's the Madrid derby. It's Juventus against traveling to face Inter. And it's Arsenal hosting Liverpool first versus second here in the Premier League. And it's, of course, we also have AFCON. We also have Asian Cup. All the good stuff. All of that. We got to start here uh, at the Emirates because maybe, okay, forget the goals. They're free goals. But in terms of the actual play, I thought this was some of the best football that I've seen Arsenal play against a good opponent under Mikel Arteta. Yeah, they were already amazing against Liverpool in the FA Cup, remember? But in the end, they could not take any of the chances and they got done in the end. Yeah, but still, I think think that had an impact on the game on Sunday because Arsenal played the same formation with a double pivot. And remember, we we, we opened the show with that Liverpool win at the Emirates in the FA Cup and we mentioned the Declan Rice and Jorginho's double pivot. He hasn't, the, Arteta didn't play them since but played them again on Sunday and we, it was the right thing to do because... We said Jorginho in certain games is exactly, is exactly what you need and yeah. he was arguably man of the match. I think he won the man of the match award on Sky. He was, yeah, it was great and Arsenal played great. They restricted Liverpool to 0.4 XG which is the lowest of the season by far. Even when they travelled to City, they had the highest XG. And they uh, recorded the highest ever XG against Liverpool. Yeah, ever. More 3. than 3.5, yeah. yeah. So, well done to Arsenal. Everything worked perfectly, even if, yeah, one of the goals is gifted to them. But still, I thought they were outstanding in a game that they could not afford One of the goals was gifted to them? Yeah, the second one. The first one is not a gift. The third one either. The third one wasn't? It's not a gift, as in... The Van Dijk, I- it's not Van Dijk on purpose. Van Dijk doesn't give the third goal to Trossa. He just deflects the no, shot. No, I was referring more to Alisson... But the, it's the deflection, the deflection tricks Alisson. That's it. If Van Dijk doesn't so, touch the ball, Alisson saved that. Okay, this that is shot. a fine goalkeeping point, and I was, uh, I'd, I'd love it if there was a goalkeeper here with a shocker, in case you're listening, because I heard some really interesting breakdown. I know I never played goalkeeper. I'm assuming you never did, um, but the point that they made is a lot of goalkeepers today look to defend, and I'm sorry, this is inside baseball, but I'm fascinated by this. They look to defend simply by, by making themselves big in that situation. Yeah. Right? The goal that Mike Mignan uh, conceded on Saturday night yeah, yeah. as well, similar situation. Yeah. What that means is when you spread yourself, you can't react if there's a deflection or if the shot goes somewhere yeah. that you don't expect. Um, I mean, presumably they do it because they figure it serves them in, in, the, in the long run. I don't know if that was the right decision from there. That, that's on I know, but without the deflection, I'm not sure he conceded that goal. So uh, for me, they gifted the second goal to Arsenal, but still, Arsenal deserves their win. Club said it. Club said that from the first minute, he, he realised it was not going to be their day. And I don't know, as a, as a coach, how you can feel that, but he was right. It was just not Liverpool there at all. Oh, not coincidentally, maybe, or maybe it's entirely coincidental that Kai Havertz played up front, and I thought actually he played really, really well. Yeah, he brings a physical element again yeah. in those games that Gabriel Jesus obviously can't bring because he's he's just a little fella. I thought his movement off the ball is good, and I know that people keep make don't like him and they make fun of him and whatever. But I'm asking myself like, if you're going to have a center forward who doesn't score many goals, right? Why not have it be Havertz who brings you a bunch of other things rather than Gabriel Jesus, especially in certain games? Yeah. Yeah, and especially when you play with a double pivot. If you had played maybe with just Declan Rice and Jorginho, Kai Havertz could have played as an eight and you would have you could have played Jesus if he'd been fit as a nine or something else. But, yeah, but that, you do that against no a bad Jesus. team that sits. Yeah, but no Gabriel Jesus, I think he makes a lot of sense. And also people keep forgetting, so we're gonna remind them all again, Kai Havertz is a pressing machine. He runs and presses and he's a nuisance for the opposition, especially when you try to build from the back like Liverpool try to do or want to do and for that it, but with Gabriel Jesus is the same I'm not saying that Harvest is better for that than, than Jesus but this is also what Harvest brings you he, he touches the ball a lot he recovers the ball a lot He's, he has those he, he wins a lot of duels and this is also what he brings and he got Konate sent off he's, he's at the, the heart of the first goal even if he should have scored but in the end, Saka scored the rebound. So, yeah, I thought it was his best uh, game since he joined Arsenal. You know, when, when Liverpool scored that goal entirely against a run of play at the end of the first half, I thought to myself, oh, this is kind of like the Liverpool that we've seen many times this season where they don't play well, yeah. um, but they stay in games. And they don't play well without, arguably, I think, 
two of their best players. Obviously, there was no most Mohamed Salah. Yeah. Sobislai was missing as well. I guess and Darwin. Without Darwin, it's not the same team. Darwin was by choice. Sobislai yeah, yeah. was enforced. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Darwin, right. Darwin's injured. That's why he was only on the bench. And to say it, Cody Gakpo, not quite the same no. thing. Let's get into it because for two teams of such quality, we saw some, shall we call them, unconventional goals. And by the way, these <laughs> unconventional goals, when you talk about Arsenal's XG, again, let's contextualize. Some of those are very high XG goals because there's very freakish results, yeah. right? Um, I have to start with Allison, who I think had a really poor game. And I'm a huge Allison fan. I think he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. All those years when people said, no, Ederson's is better. And I said, no, you're not. Sledgehammer to the head, Allison's better. He's not only very handsome, although that's not him in that video, which many people saw, but they can't admit to having watched. It's, that's an actor. Um, I, you said on the first goal, not it's not down to him. I the first, the first goal, yeah. No, I said the third, the third goal, the Trossard goal. The first right. goal, what else can he do? He blocks Harvard's shot. I think there's 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 an argument to be made that he's way out of his he's well out of his goal. Yeah, but he still he's, he saves the, he saves the shot. I think he's kind of in no man's land on the first one too, and I don't think he's going to be happy with his with his with his positioning. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think looking back, he's he would find fault. I think, this is something that you just chalk up. All right, you had a terrible game. Everybody's a terrible day, and you move on, right? Yeah, but Liverpool were the best defense in the league. They might still be right now, even considering three goals. They That's were fine. the best defense in the league. I just, I just don't understand. I mean, the Van Dijk debate. Uh, but that's what I wanted to get to about Van Dijk. Yeah, because Allison, I think, is still on Allison's level. He just had a terrible game. Yeah, Van Dijk is older than Allison. And also there is some question, he's had ups and downs, he's had injuries over the last four or five years. He seemed to really struggle in this game. Yeah, yeah he really struggled. Um, I, I don't... Nader Manu, yesterday we were on the radio together and he said that Van Dijk was back to his best or was having a really good season. Which, Not based on that game, you didn't no, say No, that. Before oh, okay. game, right. before game, before the game, before the game. Because we were talking also about Saliba and, and funnily enough, before the game we talked about how important the two boxes would be, which is a cliche, of course, because this is where you win or lose a match. But when I see the the Gabriel own goal that Arsenal gifted Liverpool and the Martinelli goal that Liverpool gifted Arsenal, I'm thinking like, really at this level, I don't want to see those mistakes. For me, there's a huge lack of communication. And again, maybe they spoke to each other and you can't see on any of the angles of the replays and all of that. But from all the angles that we have, all the replays, it doesn't look like neither Van Dijk or Alisson talk. Raya or Saliba don't, don't talk to each other either. And it's clearly like, okay, I'm having the ball, you're having the ball, you're not sure. And in the end, it's easy for Luis Diaz to, to, to poke it. And yeah, he gets a bit lucky then. I, and it's easy for Van Dijk and Alisson to just miss the ball completely. How can you miss a ball? All right, I'll admit that you don't see their lips move and they're not ventriloquists. I, I feel like I want to give Van Dijk and Alisson the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the shout came before. You know, before the ball comes. Yeah, yeah no, no, may, maybe. That's and what I said. But it doesn't look like something it. Something happened. I think it's also... The other thing is when Allison looks terrible and trying to clear it, right? But it's also because he actually kicks Van Dijk. Yeah, but I think... Because I th Van Dijk gets pushed into his path. Yeah, but he misses the ball because I think he's scared to kick Van Dijk. So in the end, he doesn't go for the ball. He, ha he only half kind of kicks... Right. goes towards the ball he ends up touching Van Dijk a little bit not the ball because I think he's scared that he would actually barge completely into Van Dijk or you could say Van Dijk is pushed into his path but where, which what's wrong with foul? Van Dijk just blocking Martinelli and letting Alisson clearing the ball I don't understand what Van Dijk is doing I think he tries to do that and I, I, I don't think he shorts his feet out actually because if you block somebody obviously you need to have obviously he's a bigger stronger guy than, uh, than, than, than Martinelli but if you look I don't think his footwork is great, and I don't think he feels he has the leverage, and he doesn't sort his feet out well enough. And I, I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I do think, as Liverpool turn the page, so to speak, with Klopp leaving, you wonder if maybe they aren't thinking about succession, investing in new central, in new center, center backs. Obviously, there's a Mo Salah issue as well. He's going to have yeah, one year yeah. left. Uh, I mean, both Van Dijk and Salah have 18 months left on the contract. And I wonder if this is where you make a, where you make a tough decision, right? It's always an issue. What do you do when your superstar gets older? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's not at that point. You said he had been playing better this season. I don't think he's back to his pre-injury levels. 
No, I agree. Um, and I don't think he's also been helped, and we have to give him an out here, by the fact that there's no defensive midfielder anymore. I mean, Alexis McAllister, yeah. I thought, actually played relatively well, yeah, but yeah. it's still not his thing. Yeah, no, and then this season, point. you know, I think we need to view that through that lens, because especially the way Liverpool play, we really should be thinking of like a triangle there, right? Because yeah, the, yeah. the fullbacks uh, push on. On the Gabriel one, uh, yeah, obviously, it's we're going to blame Raya more than we blame Saliba. I still think there was so much luck in the way. And yeah, credit yeah, Diaz for, sure. for believing and yeah, keeping after yeah. and making his own luck. And also the way the ball hits Gabriel's hand. Yeah, it's a free goal. It is an absolute free goal against the runoff player, as you said, just before the break, which could have, I think, knocked... Arsenal's confidence completely, considering how much how dominant they were in that first half. I don't you know. know I think, I, but I think Saliba's movement is great. He reads he reads the situation so well. He comes across Diaz. Maybe if he's not if he's not a ball playing centre back, and in, I mean he's in a ball playing team, maybe he kicks the ball for a throw and that's fine. But instead, he wants to keep the ball in play for Raya to come and collect it. Right. And again, I don't think they they, they talk to each other. And this case of like, I'm waiting for you to go, it's a sp split second and Diaz is really sharp to be fair to him, to go around and then to poke the ball. I, I don't know, because I think Saliba does a lot of good things in that incident. And in the end, he's also partly to blame, whether you blame more Raya or him, it doesn't matter, but he's partly to blame for the, for the goal, for the mistake. By the way, you were there. Um, for those of us who watched it on, uh, on television, uh, there was there was one moment in the first half when there was some some issue with 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 Taylor's headset and stuff or or whatever equipment he uses or he's over at the sideline and they're adjusting and fitting and putting in batteries and you can see the Arsenal bench behind him and I just kind of with it out of the corner of my eye I think it may have been Ramsdale who's absolutely shouting at the referee saying get on with it get on with it and I'm thinking to myself like. It's not a very smart thing to do. A because it's don't not lose his the momentum. You don't want what? to lose the momentum. Arsenal. Are, uh... Oh yeah, because it's really going to make the poor, the, the 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 poor man or woman who was fixing the guy who's fixing his uh, his equipment. It's really <laughs> going to make them. It's really going to make them work faster. No, it's only going to annoy them. It's nothing. It's going to delay things Listen, further. There's, I mean, there's seriously, been, there's been get too, on with it. Get on with it. Come there, on. There's been too much talk. From Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville as well on the celebration. Oh, Martin yes, Odegaard, I knew we were getting there. Mikel Arteta. Steve I Nichol mean, didn't like please. it either, you'll be shocked to know. Yeah, of course. Oh, another Liverpool <laughs> football player. Hey, here we go. I, I mean, so when Klopp does fair, it, no, Klopp, Stevie when, says he doesn't like it when Klopp does okay, it either. Fair enough, because Carragher didn't say that. Because when Klopp does it, or Pep, or I don't know who, the Zerbi, nobody says anything. When it's Arteta in a game like this, again, it's a game. Arsenal lose their eight points behind, it's finished. They might not win the table, they might not, might not win the title. And they did City a big favour, of course they did. But, but that win is huge for them. So come on, please let people enjoy a win when it's a big win like that in a big game. Okay? And, and play with the cameras and stuff, that's all. But what's okay. wrong with that? Stuart McFarlane, who is the Arsenal uh, of, like, official photographer. As I discovered for, from Jan's Twitter feed. No, but it's been for 25 years. Everybody knows him. I've, he's known me for 20 years. He's a huge Arsenal fan. What's wrong with, with Martin Odegaard taking a photo of him in front of that stadium? What's wrong, what's wrong with that? I don't think anybody's having a go at Martin Odegaard, to be well, fair. Well, no, some, somehow. Oh, really? Yeah. Jamie Carragher said, go down to the tunnel. You won. You've been great. Stop doing that little shenanigans or whatever he said. What's wrong with, what, I mean, this, when we talked about this celebration police before, let, let's just people enjoy what they want, you know. You, you know my views on, on this, actually. Um, I think if you act like you've been there before in certain situations, it can give you an edge, a sense of psychological security, like we expect this. But to do that, you have to have been winning for a while, which Arsenal haven't. So I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with, with the way they celebrated. I have an issue when it's disrespectful especially to the opposition fans, and you know this, yeah. and but I that, that was always go to bat. There was nothing disrespectful okay. about the opposition fans. It's not like Odegaard went and took a picture of the, the sad Liverpool fans as they left the stadium, right? So, no, there was no problem. I have, I have no issue with that. It's a different way to do it, right? It's yeah, a different it's way. Just... If this is how he, they want to do it, that's, that's fine. That, that's fine. Just wonder what happens when they win the Champions League. Oh, yeah, that won't, yeah, no, but it doesn't won't matter. Be we will see when they get there, if they get there. I'm just saying the atmosphere was amazing and Arteta really wanted the atmosphere to be special. The club released a video on Sunday morning about, 
you know, like you know those kind of videos with the with the music and the great montage and like motivational words and all of that. And I think the the, the crowd really responded superbly in a game that again Arsenal had to win they really had to win to keep yeah. believing and again was, they might this was not sure. a can't lose this was a must win yeah yeah 100% and, 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 and credit to them even if Liverpool had players missing they just made Liverpool look very average yeah. and which we hadn't seen a lot this season incidentally all those people are like oh look they did Man City a favour like I know it feels clever when you say that but it's really freaking stupid you're in the you're, it's, it's a three way it's a three way race for the title right yeah and maybe City and Liverpool are our favourite, and they probably are because they're better teams with more established uh, managers who've been there longer. But come on now, don't make it about oh you did City a favour. Like this I is know, really it's simply sad. because now it's, no, no, I it's know not in Liverpool's hand anymore. If City win the two games in hand, they're one point clear. So that's fine. And then uh, if no, no, uh, there's, there's no if, it's just like okay, no wait, sorry. And then if uh, uh, Liverpool win the head-to-head against City, then they're clear. I mean, no, no, of course. But but before Sunday, if Liverpool had won every single game, they would have guaranteed, guaranteed to fin- to to win the title. It was they were they're still guaranteed to win the title if they win every game because yeah, they have yeah, one game against City. Yeah. So nothing's changed in Liverpool, right? Well, I disagree. No, I, mean, I disagree. If you, if they, they 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 were top of the table. That defeat means they they might lose that. Leadership position, right? Which and then they'll regain it when they beat. But maybe they will, but maybe but, but they won't. They, they might not be leaders anymore when they play okay, that game. No, I, t- I take your point, but I'm saying is this whole viewing it through the lens of they did City a favor. I think is also disrespectful to Arsenal, frankly. Yeah, no, I it's a legit three way race. Yeah, no, no, it is, it is, right? it is, it is. Um, one other point I want to make, obviously, uh, Bradley, Connor Bradley, I think is his yeah, name, Connor Bradley, who's done really well in in right back. He he wasn't there for for personal reasons. Um, I'm not suggesting that with Connor Bradley he would have even started, and probably not. Yeah. But I think he would have had the option then to do what, as you pointed out before, uh, off air, that they did in that they've done in previous games, which is put him on and move Trent into midfield. Yeah. And I think that would have given them a dimension in terms of passing. I'm not saying it would have say turned the game. No, but it, yeah, it would have been interesting. in a situation where you have half fit Nunez. Yeah, I know Salah and no Sobosly. It would have said, "Okay, fine. Let me go at you from a different vantage point, from from a different angle, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, though, yeah, I mean, Trent was Trent came off in the 58th minute, which I, I mean, I know he was bad. He came off for Robertson, yeah. and they moved Jogo, who's I mean, already been booked. By the way, that's so, humiliating in itself. <laughs> by the way. Simone Inzaghi, when he sees these games and he sees players with bookings playing like into the second half, I think his head explodes. Yeah, explodes. <laughs> for him, it's not possible. Um, and by the way, Jogo played with a yellow card for like 65 minutes or so. I mean, he got booked in the 25th or something like that. We've, we've raised Klopp's substitutions before and Liverpool are the team that got the most points so far this season from losing position, the team that scored the most goals in the last 10 minutes of a game or five minutes or whatever. Robo for Trent, Elliot for Gravenberg, who wasn't good either, and Darwin for Gakpo, who wasn't good either. You mentioned it. When Trent, when three of your starters plus, and that's that's just Trent, Gravenberg, Gakpo, who were not good. Van Dijk wasn't good. We mentioned it. Gomez was on a yellow. Allison wasn't good. That's a lot of players from your starting lineup underperforming. And then when you replace them, and then you have Salah, then you've got the players from your starting lineup who aren't there. Yeah, yeah Salah and Salah, yeah. But then when you replace them and actually really not much of an impact for half an hour from those subs, then I think this is where he becomes even more difficult for you against a team that is then leading, confident at home with their fans, etc. And it was just, I think one of those days, I don't know if Colin Bradley or Salah or whoever else would have helped because it just didn't really feel like Liverpool. And again, credit to Arsenal for that. But for Liverpool, it's one of those, like, they don't have many of those days in a season where just nothing goes their way. And that was, that was one. So let's hope for them that it doesn't happen again because that was just... It didn't really feel like Liverpool. They had me do this last night on the show, uh, so I'm going to make you do it now. Um, Let's talk percentages. City obviously kick off in a few hours as we record this on a Monday Monday morning. Uh, Most people gave City more than 50%. Where do you stand? No. I think think it would be really tight. And I, I think the afternoon that Liverpool had at the Emirates on Sunday, a kind of Arsenal had it at Fulham, for example. I think City have had it are Wolves and I think all three of them can still have it again 
so for me, it's the most competitive Premier League season that we've had in a very long time. And I think it will stay like that until the end. So I would go... I would go... Has to add up to 100, remember? Yeah, that's why I was thinking. 35 City, because they're still slightly favourite for me. Because I would have gone 33, 33, 33. Really? But I, I still don't think it's that equal yet. Because Arsenal, for example, have to go to City, to United, to Spurs. City will have to go to Liverpool and to Spurs, for example. So they're still, they're still obviously. But they have such a great record at Spurs. Yeah, but you know, no, I yeah, was joking. that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So Being sarcastic. No, no, it's 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 not easy. So you say thirty-five City, and then so I go thirty-three Liverpool. Okay. And then thirty-two Arsenal. That's very surgical. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. 35, 33, 32. Here we go. Wow. Arsenal, despite having played one more game than City, yeah. despite being two points back in the lead. Yeah. That's interesting. But Liverpool and City will play each other. This is true. But so. one of them may well get three points. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. I think Time it's good. Will tell. That's how I want it to be anyway. There you have it. I, I have City slightly ahead, but just more What was broadly, your prediction? What was your percentages then? Um, Do you remember? I think I went... City 45, um, Liverpool 35, and Arsenal 20. Okay. Yeah, 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 fair enough. I I, I want it as competitive as possible, so I go really tight. I do think this. I think think you're right. I I think these teams will all drop points because I don't think these teams are as strong. Or like, pardon me, I'm not going to poke holes and say these teams are weak. But I think there's evident weaknesses in all three teams. There's evident areas where they haven't been consistently great or aren't consistently great. Yeah. Whether it's the centre-forward situation and the fact that uh, at, uh, at Arsenal, or indeed I might add the goalkeeper at Arsenal, as you know, yeah, I'm yeah. not a big fan. Whether it's some of the defending we've seen from City, whether it's the fact that Holland's been injured, has come back, is he fit, is he not fit? Who knows, right? Um, whether it's, well, Liverpool... The Klopp factor, there's a million other issues with, with Liverpool, obviously, right? Yeah. So you can look at it both ways. Fix them, and then just imagine how much better you can be. Or might they come back to haunt you? Might you lose points along the way? Um, <clears throat> so for me, I agree. I think there'll be lots of twists, twists and turns. All right, enough Arsenal. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Finishes all square in the Madrid derby, thanks to Marcos Llorente's late, late equalizer. Jules, I love saying, I told you so. And I told them they needed to find another central defender after Militao and Alaba, and Alaba went down. Of course, Rudiger unavailable. Tromeni out, too. So we see Dani Carvajal, and they can see that goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thought of you even. I mean, that's how much you are in my head watching that game and thinking, had Rudiger been there or proper centre-back, not like fading Nacho or Carvajal, Marcos Llorente would not have scored that goal because Rudiger would have eaten the ball. Uh, yeah, that might come back to haunt them. I don't know. The fact that they have to play Carvajal, who is 1 meter 76 a centre-back in a game, like not just a game like this, but in, in games in general, it's not a good idea. That also means Lucas Vasquez at right back. He didn't have a bad game, but it's just, I don't want to see a defence. Lucas Vasquez, Carvajal, Nacho and, and Mendy, I'm sorry. Not for Madrid, we need a goal. One of the best resource teams in the world, and you have to go into it in, in, in these conditions. It's just so unnecessary. But by I the way, a big shout out to Brian Diaz. Amazing. I mean, starting in place of Vinicius at the last minute. And you know what? I still think the the amazing goal he would have scored when he goes onto the right hand side, comes inside, and then shoots and curls it just wide. I think he rushes it a little bit. If he waits, he can actually score, and that would be. But amazing performance for them. And it's one of those where Atletico didn't play well, but in the end, then you knew that they would have something to hopefully come back into the game and that's that's exactly what they did and I think they deserve credit for their resilience even if they didn't play well and God, there's plenty of accusation around referees flying around in Spain this weekend so Atletico before the equalizer had a goal disallowed against Real Madrid Xavi complained about the refereeing in uh, fri- their Friday game many are unhappy that Girona picked up two yellow cards for Herrera and Blaine which means that they would miss 
the big top of the table clash against Real Madrid next weekend. Yeah, and Mitchell is sent off in that game too. So look, yeah. Mitchell's missing too. Maybe I'll hide in the laundry basket like Mourinho. And, uh, yeah, that was a little bit... So first of all, the suspensions of managers are frankly irrelevant. Let's, let's not pretend that they're anything other than that in this day and age. Nobody enforces rules that communicate with the bench. They just sit a few rows up. Um, Blinden Herrera, if you're conspiracy theorist, fine. But I'm sorry, if you're conspiracy theorist, riddle me this. And first, oh, sorry, the Atletico goal, it's entirely he's justified. Clearly offside. He's, he's clearly running. offside. He's running into the goalkeeper. Yeah. It's only here that Vicario's playing that they don't call that stuff. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but if there was a pro Madrid conspiracy, don't you think that maybe they would have given the Lucas Vasquez penalty? The one where he goes and he wraps. So I don't his... think this one is a pen. I think no, the you one may not on think so. is a pen. Yeah, okay. So the Bellingham one, most people yeah, say is a pen. But the other one, I'm saying, if there is a conspiracy, yes. right? The guy leaves a leg dangling out. Lucas Vasquez wraps his own leg around it, goes down in the box. If there yeah. is a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because those are, those are in the scene them giving category. So I, I'm sorry, as much as I love Xavi, when you come out and say, oh, we're paying for the Negreira case and whatever. You know what? Like, chill a little bit. Yeah, right? but the there's little a, Roque is sending off. He's right. It's really, That's a really different harsh. one, and we'll get to that, but that didn't impact the result of the game. No, no, true, true, true. Manchester United rolled to a 3-0 win against West Ham in a derby of two of your favorite yeah. managers. Jules, are you impressed? And how cool was it the three kids, Menu, Hoyland, and Garnacho, posing together? And, and the bonus question to that. Yeah. Was that staged and pre-agreed or was that entirely organic? How no, cynical that was staged. I mean, I, th I think Garnacho was going to do the celebration. He didn't know that Hoyland and Menu would come and sit next to him. And by the way, this is not trolling Mohamed Kudus, who did that celebration before. This is a Cristiano celebration from way, way, way before that I guess Kudus copied, but, but Cristiano did that before and Cristiano is obviously Garnacho's idol. So I think Garnacho always does Cristiano's celebration. That was not trolling Kudus, which I think a lot of people in England thought it was. I just love that photo of a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, 21-year-old who are, yeah, very likely the future of Manchester United on that, that photo with the fans behind on that uh, Garnacho goal. The first time, I don't, I don't think the score reflects the, 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 no. the, the game, especially in the first half, where I don't think United were good at all. There are three shots, all of three, or pretty much all of them outside of the box. Yes, they scored, and it's a good goal by Holland, but West Ham, and I don't like David Moyes, you know how much I don't like, and he, especially more when he plays four number six in a game, like he did against Bournemouth on, on Thursday night. But it's one of those games where I think United, this time, this time, everything kind of went their way. So well done to them. Bayern have to come from behind to beat Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gab, 3-1. Are you going to be critical again? No, but you know why? Hey. Because they played really well. And it's amazing. It was it's amazing. Tough. When Mazraoui's back, they're different, right? Uh, Pavlovich in midfield. All his He's obsession. His He's obsession with the, guy, we need a number six. I didn't know my ex. Dude. Look at the tall kid of, of, of Balkan descent that you have sitting right there. That guy Pavlovich, why can't he be a six? Yeah, Since yeah, it's so yeah. important to have a number. You could even reprint the number six and put it on his back. Or Somebody else has six already. Whatever. It's just so stupid. I thought they played well. Thomas Muller. Um, 500 wins. Is that right? That's incredible. Right, that's, in the career. That, that, that's mad. He contributed. I think there's a lot of good takeaways, mm. and this shows that, hey, look, it can work, and you can play two attacking fullbacks. Gladbach may have taken the lead, and maybe it's they a good goal by LVD, by the way. Lovely, right. lovely. Nice goal. goal, but realistically, Bayern were always going to win this one, and yeah, I thought yeah. they looked in control, and if Leroy Sané picks it up a little bit, they can beat Bayer Leverkusen. Next weekend. All right, Jules, we're not done. More quick hits. Yes, God. Barcelona go on the road to be Alaves 3-1. Vitor Roque comes off the bench to score and gets himself sent yeah, off. Yeah, of course. Andres Christensen does his Sergi Busquets in oh. midfield. But Your verdict? What I liked is that it's almost like if Xavi listens to the show because we said the other day, didn't we, this midfield, Gundogan, the young Pedri, whatever way you want to put it, just doesn't really work. They need not to go all two hole and say they need a six, like a proper six, but they needed something a little bit, maybe more defensive, let's call it that way, in that midfield. I'm, you and I are not a really big fan of Christensen, but I thought against Alaves, and again, Alaves are not very good, it was okay. I like that Vitor Roque scores again, and then I think the, the second yellow is a bit harsh. Definitely harsh. Uh, but lovely goal by Gundogan. I, th I just thought that the flow of that game from a Barcelona perspective was, was good. And Lamin Yamal again did some really good stuff. I thought the flow was really, really good. I did wonder early on, like right from uh, um, 
right from the start, the, the Kubarsi yeah. incident. It was really weird because I assumed maybe that he was offside. And that's yeah, why. that's what I thought too. But they didn't show a replay. and Yeah, they, just they moved of, on very quickly. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. quickly. First versus second in Serie A, Gavin and David Italia, interview Juventus 1-0. Does it feel like a big step towards this title? It doesn't just feel like the numbers say it. It's yeah. four points now. They have a game in hand. And the head-to-head. Uh, and they have the head-to-head as well. Uh, you're right. More open game than the first one, which obviously was all about just uh, not avoiding defeat. Juve had, I think, the really big chance with, with Vlaovic, and he had the worst control of the world, but Inter created created the better yeah, chances yeah. through the game. They had a chance to put away with... But, you know, the minute the ball went to Marko Arnautovic, I said, like, okay, it's Arnautovic. Yeah. And, I mean, all credit to Chesney, who was very, very good. Yeah, good save. Inter are just on a different level right now in terms of preparation. People say, I'm going to say something nice about Allegri now. Okay, you've been there three years, do better. But the reality is he hasn't been there three years with this Juve team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they do what they can. Paris Saint-Germain beat Strasbourg 2-1 way back on Friday. Jules, you can tell me about how Mbappe missed the penalty and Paris Saint-Germain looked humdrum. Yeah. Or you can tell me about your story confirming uh, the Parisian's report that Mbappe has made his decision. I wish I never had to write those words, but this is it. It's over. He's decided to leave, to leave Paris, to go to Real Madrid. Nothing has been signed yet with Real, so there will be negotiation around a lot of things like image right and the Olympic Games that he wants to play in. But this is this is not going to like fall through. It's not it's not possible. Real Madrid are going to be so happy. But he He's made his decision, happy. but he didn't tell Paris Saint Germain, and he no, didn't tell but Real just, Madrid. just between them. No, he will announce it, and we'll tell the two clubs just before he announces it. There's no need. There's no need to do it differently. It's oh, just sorry, like but why leak them. it to the media then before? No, it's just that you tell your that, club. No, it's just that once you make a decision like that, you start you start talking even before making it official. They were playing on Friday. Um, personally, I think they took a decision a long time ago. I think they've known all the way pretty much that he was going to leave. I think you wrote him. in your story that he may yet change his mind because human beings change their mind. No, it's and not he's so changed his mind once before. The only thing that it could is the negotiation with Real Madrid that could make it fall through. But again, I don't think... Listen, now he chose to go there. I can't see why and how this could not happen. In this. Again, okay, Olympic Games might be something because he really wants to play and Real Madrid said, listen, no, we need you here because we're going to showcase you the pre-season tours, etc., etc., right. et maybe. And maybe the image right looks quite a sensitive subject already between the club and the Mbappé family. But I, I just don't think, I don't think there's anything now stopping him going there. So good luck to him. He's 25. He, felt, he feels like it's the right time to take his career to another yeah. dimension, which I, I understand. I can't blame him for. He'd been seven years with us in Paris. He's been, this is his home club. This is his home city. There's, there's a point where you say, yeah, go to something bigger. It's fine. I, I get the part about monetizing him and the tour and stuff like that. But it also seemed very obvious to me. And like, maybe I'm, I'm too simplistic about this. But if Real Madrid say go to him and say, hey, you have to be here for the preseason so you can integrate in the team, but also so that we can parade you around the world and make money, um, and so you can't go to the Olympics, if I'm Mbappe, I would reply, well, first of all, I'm at the Olympics as a Real Madrid player, so that helps you, and the Olympics are a bigger stage than yeah, yeah. Real Madrid preseason friendlies. But more importantly than that, I want to be there so bad, and if you can't monetize me, hey, maybe I knock a couple million off my image rights deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's ways around it, right? And certainly PSG are saying to him, listen, if you stay with us, you can go to the Olympics, you can you can even go to the Power Olympics if you want. As in like <laughs> to watch, not to play. Right. For sure. Chelsea are embarrassed at home by Wolves 4-2 Gab, you were there. Did it look as bad in 3D as it did on my television? Because it, it was bad in front of my television. It was worse when you're actually there. Um, I think it was early <laughs> in the second half. The, the, the fans started singing Roman Abramovich's name. Yeah. There were obviously boos at halftime. Um, it, it's like they've gone past going at the having a go at the players uh, because you know the players are what they are now. I, I think they're, they're for some time. Of course, they had questions yeah, yeah. about the way the club was going, but also towards Pochettino. And that's also why afterwards he clearly heard them afterwards. He says we can only apologize. We haven't kept up with the history of the club. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna go back and say. Listen, and, and we talked about this, right? We someone wanted to make them better and stuff. And on the show last night, Stevie said, well, as a coach, I can tell you, you can tell you can tell the players what to do, but then it's the players who might decide not to do it on the pitch. And, you know, once you're on the pitch, you're out of your control. And I said, yeah, but here's the thing. We saw Moises Caicedo 
Yeah, he's capable but, of much more than that. Do follow those instructions. We've seen Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer follow those, especially Palmer, follow those instructions at Manchester City when there was somebody else giving those instructions. Yeah. We've seen Enzo do it. And... And it was, you know, when you see it in person, what you talked about before, about the lack of movement with the frontman, there was one passage of play where I, the, 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 the Wolves were all back, and it was like that U-shaped passing yeah, right, yeah, all the way yeah, around. Yeah. And I'm looking at this, okay, somebody's got to move and make a run. And in the end, it was Malagusto who made a run, and Charles actually got a shot off. But it's terrible. It's yeah. really bad. So bad. Richard Lisson scores twice against his old club, but Tottenham Hotspur concede an injury time and drop points at Goodison. Jules, they've given uh, up eight goals after the 90th minute this season. If they don't make top four, we'll, we'll remember this at the end of the season, yeah? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we can debate the Vicario cl clearly being targeted by the set pieces of Everton, a mm. bit like what we saw. You know my thoughts. In the Africa against Man City, you were not happy with that. I, I don't have any problem with it. Just deal with it. Put another defender. I don't know. Do something. But they didn't do anything. They didn't address it through the game, Spurs and Ange, which I was a bit surprised and disappointed. I don't know if it's physical, if it's mental. The fact that they, 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 they give up those goals really late in the games, but it's, it's hurting them massively. Bayer Leverkusen beat Darmstadt 2-0 as Nathan Teller scores twice and Borja Iglesias makes his debut Gab, they're not just good they're deep as well now they are deep I thought they were firmly in control yeah. uh, throughout uh, Borja Iglesias put, really put in a shift they kept some players back with a view towards the, the, the German Cup quarterfinal in midweek and well done Nathan Teller I mean the second goal is amazing man. produced more than Frimpong did yeah Aston Villa beat up Sheffield Wednesday 5-0 to stay fourth. Jules, I guess Unai Emery has plenty of bounce-back ability. Yeah, he has. I mean, how bad are Sheffield United? I just just don't know. But well done, Oli Watkins. One goal and three assists. Amazing performance all overall. And really good for Aston Villa to just, you know, bounce back, as you said, with the bounce-back ability. It's a garbage copy of the last away game. Just like against Udinese in Milan. I've come from behind to win 3-2 against Fosinone. And Luka Jovic comes off the bench to save their bacon. It's like one goal every 100 it's minutes amazing. on the pitch. It's amazing. Super for, serve. It's like, like, who would have thought this? Solskjaer. Uh, yeah, I mean, two things here I thought Milan actually played well two stupid goals to concede one of them Rafael Leao who had a really good game yeah. um, it was a silly handball which I don't think would have been given in, in, in this country anyway so much for uniformity uh, the other one I'm sorry that's on Magic Mike wasn't yeah, magic on this occasion like can't be magical yeah, every week yeah yeah um, I think it's still a little bit uneven in the sense that Giroud and Leao were great Reinders not so good oddly terrible yeah. Teo not good they need, to, they need to get that consistency 1-11. to 11. Girona are held to a scoreless draw by Real Sociedad, and Michel is especially yes. grumpy. So much so that he gets sent off. He can't work out why Herrera's goal was disallowed. Can you? No, I can't either. It was a strange game, I thought, because there were some really good moments um, from both teams, although Real Sociedad, to be fair, lost a few players on injury. Actually, not too serious, so they, they should be back quite soon, some of them for the Copa del Rey in, in midweek. Um, but yeah, I just could not really... I don't know, there was something about this game that didn't add up to me. The goal disallowed, I probably would have kicked on the game we, a little bit more. We should explain why it was disallowed. Basically, it was disallowed because of an offside earlier in the sequence. Yeah. However, and they should have some guidelines. The goal went in 40 seconds after this presumed offside. Um, it's a long time. Was it an offside or was it a foul? A uh, foul. Oh, sorry, it was, it was a yeah. foul early in the sequence, right? So 40 seconds is a long time. But also, Real Sociedad, they touched the ball twice. I mean, yeah. they don't really get control because they're clearances. Yeah, but, but, but still, shouldn't you, like, in terms of phase of play, like... I agree. I, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I think they really missed Dovbeck as well. Yeah, massively. You could see, even if they had some of the, the, the good players, I thought Savinho was good. But yeah, it was uh, one of those games that in the end, before the Real Madrid clash for Girona, because Real Madrid didn't end up drawing, it, was not, it didn't cost them too much. Um, a leg goal from Kvica Kvaraskelia gives Walter Mazzari and Napoli a 2-1 win at home to Verona. Gab is three games unbeaten now for the master of disaster. Will you still be mean to him? I mean, this was a bad performance. Of course I'll still be mean to him because they you know, he goes good. back to the 4-3-3. Um, they go a goal down. Go By the way, sorry, they're playing Verona. Verona sold 10 players, including, I think, seven starters, in January, right? This is who you're playing. This is a team that's like, all right, we're going to have <laughs> issues. Let's sell everything that we can sell, right? Yeah. And still at home, and it's an individual goal from Kraskelia. Right now, 
That's why he's the master of disaster. Yeah, yeah. It's all down to individuals. Somebody pops up, does something special, they score, great. If not, no. Yeah. This was way back on Friday, but Borussia Dortmund are held to a scoreless draw by Heidenheim. Second time this season they've drawn with Heidenheim. Jules, they have a ton of injuries, but it felt like the inconsistent Dortmund of old. Very much so. I think Tezic said the same after the game. Uh, so I need to view that. So... Uh, not just not good enough. Daniel Malen scores a goal and he's like uh, millimeters offside, which was the right call. But after that, there was just not enough. They didn't create enough with the ball against a team that are very strong defense, defensively in the same that they have a very compact block and they would just they just never find the key. I just I just every time I watch them, I'm a bit excited and then in the end. Well, it's just disappointing because they had that good run of performances yeah. and now you're kind of like uh oh. And on the other hand, Gab Stuttgart win 3-1 away at Freiburg to stay third as Denis Undav scores. Again, what a goal as well, by the way. They're not going away. They're not going away at all. And then it also, and there's no Sir Huki Rossi, by not the yet. way. No, uh, so, you know, coming back now. Undav's like, Sir Who Who? Yeah. Did there, Sir, Sir Who Who? who? Uh, yeah, no, very good performance. And by the way, since you since you like your techers, how about that little Mittelstadt dink yeah, for that the was third lovely. goal? Go check very, it out on YouTube. Very nice. This game was kind of the opposite of that game. Newcastle come from two goals down to snatch a 4-4 draw at home to Luton. That's right, 4-4. Yeah, they were foot down. Jules... Help me figure out if Rob Edwards is a genius or if Eddie Howe should be disappointed. Yeah, I don't think Rob Edwards is a genius, but what they're doing at Luton is working in the sense that they have that physicality, that intensity, that is good. They're just not scared to go. I think, I mean, Newcastle's defending is horrendous. Not just in this game, but has been horrendous for a while now. And yet they've got attacking power, of course, and because they commit people forward, they will create chances and score. But defensively, they need to sort this out because this is not... Last season, remember how good... They had that spell for like 10 games in a row, something where they didn't concede at all. Well, they had Nick Pope. Now they don't. Yeah, OK, but it's not but just Nick Pope. No, and, and I think... everybody. You're right. And I think that's weird because it's like they were defending better earlier this season when Botman was out. But now they have their centre-backs. Yeah. Now they have Tino Livramento, who I think is really good. And people say, oh, Trippier, Trippier this, Trippier's so good, right? Yeah, Trippier Dan Burton, left-back, secret weapon. Did you but, see Dan Burton against Ogbené on that penalty that he gives away? Yeah. He, At least don't give away the penalty or, or make the foul before the box. It's weird, though, because that really was a hallmark. I'm... I mean, should we, in these situations, when, when I can't figure it out, I just blame the midfield for not running as hard, maybe because they're tired. Yeah, Does that seem maybe. possible? No, yeah, it's, it is possible too. <laughs> Charles de Ketelet scores twice and Atalanta beat Lazio 3-1 to consolidate fourth place. Gab, it's quite the comeback season for the Prince. And that's right. Double figure in Double goal figures. involvement, yeah. which was a big start. Massive. Uh, you know, Adam Lukman leaves and that's okay. He's there to pick oh, up, pick it up. It was so it, good. It's funny because like he's so kind of you know, even when he's happy, like, you can't tell if he's happy. He never gets too happy. <laughs> he or doesn't give much. Yeah, he doesn't give much. He really is the prince. Yeah. Let's talk AFCON, Jules, because it gets better yeah. and better in terms of drama and storylines. Now, Ivory Coast go down to 10 men in the first half. They go a goal behind to Mali. They somehow equalize in injury time, and then they win it in injury time in extra, extra time. time. Incredible. I have to quote Frank Kessie. Because people said they're, they're a zombie team. He says, you cannot scare a ghost. Or a ghost can't be afraid. Yeah. Something like that. They really are ghosts. They're going to ghost their way to the title. I mean, I think you just need to look at the Mali, the Mali players and the staff and the Eric Schell, the coach, reaction to see. They could not really believe how they not won that game. Uh, not just that 11 against 10 for all that time. But leading, considering that late, late goal again. And then in, I think everybody was... Just expecting the penalty shootout to come in and know Umar Diakite, who's a young player, who you could see how much he meant, like what it meant to him, just, just how much he loses it after he scores the goal. It's incredible. And maybe and the power from the crowd. I, guess, I mean, Afghans, especially in, in sub Sahara countries, are just always, I think, a bit very special. And this one is like that, one of the best that we've seen ever. I was going to ask you, are they going to miss Odilon Kusunu now because he's going to be suspended? But then yeah. again, given the way he played and yeah. got himself sent off, I'm like, maybe it's a he blessing not he's not there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, we will, I mean, we will have to see, of course. It looks like we can potentially have a Nigeria Ivory Coast final, which would be. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, no, but that would be amazing because they avoid each other in the semi final. That's what I wanted to say. But yeah, let's, let's see. I, I mean, I, I agree with Casey in the sense that now they would feel like indestructible. They're ghosts. Yeah, completely. 
And in another quarterfinals, Rowan Williams, the South Africa goalkeeper, say four sport kicks, spot kicks out five. As South Africa outlasted Cap Verde on penalty in the shootout. Gab, we weren't expecting much from the Bafana Bafanas, but they keep going. Yeah, and I thought they didn't deliver too much in this game. I, I thought Cabo Verde were probably yeah. the better team over 120 minutes. But again, when it comes down to penalties at the end, uh, you know, South Incredible Africa believe they hung in there and this guy stands on his head. And Four out know. of five. I've never yeah. seen... It might have happened before, but I've just never seen it. Including Bebe, that Bebe. Yeah, his first penalty Bebe as well. Amazingly, Congo are through to the semifinal as well, despite the fact that this was the first game that they've actually won in 90 minutes. Yeah, it was, yeah. They had to come from behind to do it, Jules, as uh, uh, Silas once again comes on and changes the game, yeah. winning a penalty. Yeah, changing uh, the game. Slightly soft Yeah, penalty. soft pen, maybe, maybe. But Against be, Guinea, by the way. Against Guinea, they'd be very happy with that. Uh, we've, we've mentioned Congo before at the start of the tournament. Remember, it was a bit of a kind of a surprise. We said that they could surprise a few teams. They have decent players. They have really good mentality, that kind of yeah, But they strong... don't win any games until this I one. know, yeah, but even this one was really like, you know, uh, not like a very comprehensive win. But they're there and they won't be the favourite against Ivory Coast in that semi-final. But you can't put anything past them either. So well done to them. The Super Eagles advance as well as that man Ademola Lukman scored the only goal for Nigeria that sinks Angola. Yeah, Lukman scores the goals and Osimhen makes them and he had a bunch of chances I yeah. thought I thought he played right people yeah, might look at oh you're not scoring Victor they're but that's so okay. good defensively though. there's four clean sheets in a row I think and they're really tight at the back yeah, and yeah. that's a luxury when you're tight at the back and you can just leave those two up there to, to, to handle the attack um, you find I thought they could have I thought he could have scored more in this game which sets up the semi-finals nicely Nigeria Very against nice. South Africa Ivory Coast against Congo you, you, you kind of ruined my surprise before by I think we, on paper we're all we're all predicting a Nigeria Cote d'Ivoire yeah. final, but because it's this Afcon, you know the final is not going to be Nigeria. <laughs> against the Congo, South Africa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's turn to the Asian Cup, Jules. You picked Jordan to advance because they have that guy who plays in France, Al Samari, yeah, uh, and they did. Although they took an own goal to yeah, beat Tajikistan. Okay. On a set piece, but still, they were the better team. Well done to them. I think it's, this is a great, great story for them. The semi-finals are in midweek, if you want to watch them. Uh, although I'm not sure they showed in the UK, which I can't understand why. I think they're streamed on uh, the yeah. AFC website. Yeah, so you can watch them on, online, but not on your television somehow. Um, but yeah, really good win, I think. And my boy Altamari is still in, of there course. Heartbreak for Australia. They go a goal up against South Korea and then consider late penalty deep, deep in injury time before Hung-Min Son's free kick knocks them out. Gab, we were, we're happy for Jürgen Klinsmann. Mm. We said it before, the South Korean manager. Yeah, but the Socceroos threw this one away. I mean, and look, they're not, I, this is I'm, not a talented uh, Australia side. There you go. You polish off your, your, your Korea top. Yes. Um, but you can't, go out in these conditions no. and, and give up give up a goal like that it just it just doesn't work in korea and took me a light jürgen i don't think you've played particularly no, well in this true. tournament they have a lot of the ball for all the talented players yeah. you got a lot of ball you don't do much with yeah. it you were fortunate uh against saudi as well Massively. um but you know what it doesn't matter because you're through and now you can write your own history yeah Qatar also advance, and uh, they need penalties to do it, squeaking past Uzbekistan. Yeah, I mean, we picked them to, I mean, I picked them to, be, to win that game uh, on our last show. And to be fair, I thought, I thought it would be more comfortable than that. No, really. Uzbekistan, have, good side. Yeah, I have to credit Uzbekistan, who, as you mentioned, I think on Thursday, have a great history of football in their country anyway. Uh, but yeah, I thought Qatar were disappointing on the day, to be fair. And Pedro Miguel's penalty won it. Obviously, in the shootout, in the end. Pedro uh, Miguel, Doha, Doha, born and bred. Oh, of course, Doha, Doha, born and bred. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it should be a, it should be an interesting semi-final that I won't reveal what the final could be either. More late uh, drama in the other quarterfinals. Gab Japan go a goal up against Iran, who claw back the draw, but then consider penalty in the sixth minute of injury time. Uh, I, I thought of you watching that game. I told you Iran would win. I, I think Iran, Iran are just a more talented 
side um, and they're just a mentally tougher side um, and I think and I think it showed with the way they went back into it I think Japan tried to manage the game but they have trouble doing that because when they win the ball back they don't make, make the pitch yeah. big or anything they just kind of go straight ahead and Iran Iran a little bit it was too a bit too, too, yeah, for too predictable and at the end um, Itakura and the other the other center back getting all confused and Bring down Kanani Ali Reza Jahanbanch, former former Brighton star. Brighton, that's right. Yeah, um, converting uh, the penalty. Nords, yeah. And uh, it's the first win for Iran over Japan in 19 years. That's big. So now they get to play the host, Qatar, yeah. in the semifinal. Prediction know, that's time. Good. I go South Korea, I think, is still... Well, the other one is Jordan against South Korea. Yeah, Jordan's against South Korea. I would still go for South Korea and you oh, Come on, you're letting Altamari down. I know, I know. But I still, I have got a feeling South Korea are going to finally play better and win this one. And they would play Iran in the final, who got knocked out, who will knock out Qatar. Yeah, on paper, you would think South Korea against Iran. I wonder if Jurgen's going to need to need his lucky four-leaf clover again yeah, maybe. against Jordan. Maybe. In a brilliant spot of marketing, they call the clash between Marseille and Lyon the Olympico. Uh, and it's John Texter's crew that get the three points. They did, Gab. I like that game. I really liked it. Uh, Alexandre Lacazette, my boy, scores, scores the only goal, the winner. Remember the reverse fixture when the, uh, the Lyon burst was attacked by the Marseille fans. By the way... Um, Nobody has been uh, charged by anything. They haven't arrested anyone. So, so you can just attack a bus, injure, in, injure uh, Fabio Grosso, the Lyon manager. It didn't really that happen. That didn't really happen. The other dude incredible. didn't really No, none of that happened. And then when that game was replayed, the reverse fixture, Lyon were obviously spanked 3-0 by Marseille at the time. And then they got a revenge. 1-0, it was not the prettiest of game, and Marseille and Gattuso were very disappointing, I thought. But in the end, it's really good for Lyon uh, to get a bit of gap between them and the bottom three. Leipzig beat Union Berlin 2-0 on Sunday, and Gab, they're just one point away from fourth now. Uh, that's right, Xavi Simons had his moments. Benjamin Sesko scoring again with a header, which is what yeah, happens they, when you're very they tall. They were very good on set pieces, the rest... Um, but yeah, they don't look great. You know, they haven't yeah. actually won since last year. I think yeah. it, was, it was something like December 10th or something. And of course, coming off three straight defeats. But guess what? As I said, they're just one point away from Borussia Dortmund. So I think we're going to have a tight race there as well. Um, more Leon. This time women's. Yeah. Uh, you, okay. Eugenie Le Sommer. Le Sommer, very right. good. Uh, she made history. Yeah, she scored a brace this weekend, Gabi against France, which means that she's now reached 300 goals for Lyon in her competition, which is about 874 fewer than Christine Sinclair. I but know, okay. but still, well done to Eugenie. 300 goals, it's amazing. She's a So what, Ronaldo she... has 700? Yeah, exactly. But Eugenie, <laughs> on her level, is really good, and she's a... I mean, I think she was just born. You know, she's got a gift to, uh, to score goals. Well done to her. You don't have a 10 points gap now ahead of PSG with one game played more. But next weekend is the big one. It's the Lyon-PSG clash in the Women's League. She's 34. We've seen, especially in the women's game, strikers stick around. Um, maybe it's the nature of the game or, or, or whatever. Is she the type of player to do that, you think? Is she hinting around at all? Yeah, about? I think so. I think she... she Gives a lot of attention to. It's not always good when they do. By the way. No, 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 no. But she's had injuries before as well. So, but she started so young. That's the only thing that makes me think she might have another year or two. Um, but, but you never know. And the fact that she didn't play for France for quite a while because she obviously was at war with the uh, the former head coach meant that she played less games maybe than uh, Wendy Renard or Grasse Guillaume people like that. So maybe she can, yeah, she can be a bit, um, she can play until, until later, I guess. FIFA president Gianni Infantino spoke at a conference in Tokyo this weekend and suggested that maybe transfer fees ought to be calculated using an algorithm. So by the computers, basically. I bet you love that. Okay, so people, when, when he said this, people are like, oh, look, he's gone mad again. Ha, ha, ha. I want to say this, actually. So the logic behind this and this proposal there was a similar proposal where, I mean, you can call it an algorithm, you can call it a formula, call it what you like. And he says algorithm, he actually means a formula. There was a proposal that was put forward a few years ago um, by, uh, by FIFPRO, actually, because the argument is that transfer fees, all this money moves around, and the players don't see any of it. And also, it certainly leaves scope for a lot of people taking some money and putting it in their back pockets yeah. and things like that. It also creates a whole kind of absurd accounting pressure um, on the game where it's kind of like financialized. So 
I don't think it's mad. And if you think, if, you, if you're old like me, you'll remember, I think it was Article 19 of FIFA, which I think is still technically on the books, where essentially it was a compromise that they reached where if you've got, if you're a certain age and you've got certain, you've, a certain num a number of years have passed on your contract, yeah. you can essentially buy out your contract. Yeah. This is essentially what we're yeah, talking about, right? It still exists, but nobody applies it because yeah. it's really opaque and clubs never know you know, how they're going to have to, how much you're going to have to pay. So it's a different model. I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing if we set, I don't want to say max transfer fees, but maybe restored some of the power back to the players to move rather than just treat them like assets. But I would want a lot of very smart people modeling it to see what the impact would be before we make a decision rather than just Johnny kind of like throwing it out there so that, you know, he can make a few headlines. Yeah, I'm not keen, just so you know. <laughs> I didn't think he would be. Back to Strasbourg. I'm assuming Todd Bowley wasn't there. No. Nope. But if he was, he would have discovered that he's even less popular in Alsace as he is in West London I right think now. he kind of knows it already uh, because, again, on Friday night before the game and during the game, the Strasbourg fans and especially the Ultras protested against the fact that Chelsea and Bluco are their owners. Uh, not happy at all with, but they're not happy at all to be in that position. Okay, then and getting stuck with like Angelo and okay, stuff but, like. Okay, so Andre Santos has gone there. Oh yeah, I mean, he was so great this no, season. No, no, but he hasn't played yet. I don't know. He might be good. I don't know. I don't know. But without without the blue money, uh -huh. right? They would not have been able to sign some of the players that they've signed and spend money that they've spent. I guess they were quite Thank unhappy. Thank you, Mr. Bowley. Yeah, I think they were quite unhappy with the fact that Matt Sells, they let Matt Sells, the goalkeeper and captain, go to Forest on the last day of the transfer window. I think Matt Turner was unhappy with that too. And then too. Matt Turner was probably So was Lacodimos, or is he gone? No, he's still there, I think, but yeah. <laughs> I know, hard. I know. So I, I just don't know. I can see why, as a fan, you're probably not happy to be part of a multi-club multi ownership system. I think there's good side to it. I understand the, the negative side. I'd to know side. what the good sides are. But, but that, 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 kind, that, that, that money, for example. Strasbourg would not have been able to have that money available for transfers. I'm sorry, so I get really excited no, that no, no, I have I'm just Angelo saying, there for transfers. Not just and Angelo, they bought well, Sila for 20 million. They That's great. And then Sila moves to fill another accounting box somewhere else. And then I got to no, get somebody else. No, but they didn't else. buy Sila from another Blue Co club. But I think you want to. No, but he's going to go to a Blue Co club. Maybe. maybe if he does no. well. Or if he does. I mean, I. I guess what gets me is this stuff isn't legislated. And I think if you're a fan of a mid-sized club or lower, you want to at least know that you're not somebody's baby brother. You're no, not somebody's know, female dog, right? And this club is too big for that. I understand that. That's, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. Barcelona president Johan Laporta spoke on Friday and said that the Super League was ready to go and could start next season. And they had 16 to 18 teams committed and he even named them. He named them. He said <laughs> Inter, Inter, Milan, Napoli and Roma. He said Barca and Madrid, of course. He said Marseille, the three big Portuguese ones, the Dutch teams, Bruges, Anderlecht. And guess what? Some of those clubs re responded. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some of them kind of disagreed. He was careful not to name Juventus, which, yeah. by the way, could have got him in some legal trouble. Yeah, didn't name Atletico Madrid either. From, no, what, that's from true. what I can tell, funny enough. Um, I don't know. He, he he sounds like a crazy man with a bullhorn, like shouting in the wind. And I don't. I, and I I don't say this for for the content because if you believe you can do it, fine. Blah blah blah. But. This doesn't help A22. This doesn't Surely help because, because well, you think people are going to get excited. Oh, look, Bruges are in, are in the Super League, right? It doesn't help these clubs who are going to be your commercial partners. Who And you can say, oh, but they have to say they don't want to join, right? It doesn't help them yeah. when, when you're making them. Into, oh, because you're saying, like, oh, they have to say that. Otherwise, they're in trouble with UEFA, right? No, just, just be quiet about it. If these clubs, for whatever reason, for the local legislation, they can't... They can't say they will, but you've got a secret agreement with them, which, by the way, I suspect... I mean, honestly, when Florentino and Laporta sit around and plot A22, do you think... Do you think Laporta's actually there? Or do you think Florentino makes all the decisions? Hey, John, this is what's <laughs> happening, right? That's a good question. Well, would you allow the, this guy in there? What the dynamic is, yeah. No, but you're a lawyer. And then you look stupid when you come out and say this because, oh, it'll be this season or next season. Otherwise, I'll rethink everything, right? Uh, wait, are you committed to this or are you not committed to this? Yeah. Do you believe in the legal principle or not? Because I, I guarantee you one million percent 
they assuming they qualify, and I think they will, he's going to play in the Champions League next season. Yeah, 100%. right. Because because if you're if you're such a big believer, this is definitely happening. Then write a letter to UEFA and say, hey, look, I'll be playing. I mean, I, I don't understand. I, and again, I don't want to make support to put pressure. Florentino. Is it to put pressure on? I, I don't know. UEFA? I just think the guy can't help himself when he talks. But Florentino, <laughs> who has actually built businesses over time and understands how the media works, yeah. What does he say? He says nada. Yeah. He just works at it. Yeah. Joe, since we started saying nice things about Peter Bosch, PSV have stopped winning. Oh. It's now one win in four following the one-one draw with Ajax. So they're still unbeaten, though. Or is it Jordan Henderson? I mean, Jordan Henderson made his debut. Gareth Southgate was there to see it because probably Gareth, like me, could not believe it. Oh, my God, you in that team? Uh, I'm a bit mean. He did okay. He played okay. It was a, it was a decent game. Ajax opened the scoring. PSV came back. I think PSV could have probably won it. To be fair, Ajax could have won it as well. Um, PSV still unbeaten. We've said that. They're still way ahead in the league. But since that game where they could have broken that record and didn't and ended up losing away at Utrecht, I think it was, they haven't really been the same in terms of fluidity and maybe the, the confidence. It, you know, it would come That's back. That's understand. You're 37 points yeah, exactly, clear at the top. Exactly. Let's go back to Napoli, Gab. Why wasn't Piotr Zelinski named in the Champions League squad? Uh, because some people are petty and stupid. Well, and, one guy especially. Uh, yeah, so basically Zelensky's going to be uh, a free agent in June. They've been trying to get him to, to extend his deal. They tried to sell him to Saudi Arabia last year when he wouldn't extend it. He said, Saudi Arabia? No! Um, and now they took one last stab at giving him a new contract. He again said no. There's strong suggestions. He has a pre-agreement with, with Inter, which he's entitled to do as of January 1st, yeah. just like Kylian Mbappe. Just like Kylian Mbappe and uh, many others. And so what do they do? It's like, ah, we're going to leave you out of the Champions League squad. Leaving aside the fact that it's illegal and it's they could get, so get them bad. sued if they think he's being treated unfairly, you're playing a wounded Barcelona. Think of the money. You may be angry at Zelensky's because he's gonna, you think he's going to cost you money. You know what's going to cost you money? Is to going down the round of 16 and yeah. getting knocked out. When you have a shot, maybe so you know, maybe maybe the master disaster gets away. It's just such a bad thing, and I I hope for not the sake of Napoli fans, doesn't get them into legal trouble either. Yeah, yeah. Jules, did Takumi Minamino make history? Two games in 24 hours in two continents. Yeah, I don't think that's ever been done. Uh, Gabi, he played with Japan in the game that we mentioned already before, came on for the last 20, 25 minutes of, of the game. They lost, so he was out. He flew back straight from Qatar to Monaco, and he wanted to be in their match day squad against Le Havre at home at the weekend, which he was. And then when Monaco were 1-1 with 20 minutes to go, Adi Hutter said, hey, Takumi, come over, because... You know, you played yesterday, but only 20 minutes. That's nothing. Surely you want to stretch your legs. Here you go. And he had another 20, 25 minutes. He came on in this one game was 67. The other game was 71st minute. So And scored a dramatic winner. No, no one in neither game. Yeah, exactly. So didn't really help his team. But hey, I don't think anybody has ever done that before and probably would never do that again. Gab, Amanda Broja has joined uh, Fulham on loan on Thursday. Uh, we said it would not make sense. Does it make sense to you now that he left Chelsea for Fulham? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense for Fulham. They have another body, I guess, and can give Roki Menez a break. Um, but Chelsea, man, it's the only number nine they have. Oh, excuse me, is Nico Jackson not a number nine? No, nine. Well, what is and he? Kunku, no, nine. He's a number 18. <laughs> Sterling, no, nine. Um, I, I, I don't get this just to mix it up. What do you, what do, you do? Jackson suspended, sent out. Are you really going to go with this Palmer and Kunku? Sterling, Sterling yeah, these are your so. strikers, right? Yeah. I mean, is this really what you want to do the rest of the way? And it's not even if you got 50 million for him. It's a five million, four million pound loan fee. It's even worse in the sense that maybe you think Boja is not part of your future, right? But I go back to this patterns of play, building a system, whatever. Yeah. You need a center forward to do that, right? You can't even have Boja in the mix as like a, a marker. Uh, as a placeholder for the big striker you're going to sign in the summer yeah, because he's not there. Instead, yeah. you get Nico running all over the place yeah. uh, or Palmer coming back into midfield or Nkunku by, you know, doing the Nkunku and thing. Nkunku touched the ball 12 times, by the way, in the first half on Saturday. Some of 12 those, touches. Some of those touches were very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Inter de Miami beat Hong Kong. See what I did there? Inter de Miami yeah, beat nice. Hong Kong 4-1, but we're booed off the pitch. Jules, why? I mean, they were booed not just off the pitch, during the pitch, on the pitch, before the pitch. You didn't even boo David Beckham. 
Listen, How mean is that? Those fans paid 40,000 of them, paid a lot of money to come and watch Leo Messi okay. and Luis Suarez. Okay, can I say 40,000 Muppets. And none of them played. No Messi, no Suarez. They were not happy. They booed. Listen, when you. It's not like a gig. When you, when you go to a music concert, you know that the singer is going to be there singing with his band. Football, sometimes, especially in a pre season game, especially. No offense to Hong Kong, but when you know this is not the priority here, you just don't know. So there's a risk coming with you buying a ticket to go and hopefully you're going to get to see Messi and Suarez and Busquets and Alba and whoever is your favorite player. But there's a possibility that they're not there and they were not there. Now they've canceled their next friendly against Vissel Kobe yeah, as well. Uh, as part yeah, of for the, the same issue, right? You guess. Actually, I would have thought fans, I, I'm assuming this game would have been in Japan. I would give fans in Japan a little bit more credit, that they're a little bit more. But this is this is the thing, right? When you market everything around an individual, exactly. right? I thought you're trying to build the Inter-Miami brand. Well, you're not. Right? You're not building anything. I no, mean, definitely not. The schedule for the FIFA 2026 World Cup is out, and now we know the final we will play in New Jersey, not in Dallas. I was right. That's right, exit 16W of the New Jersey Turnpike <laughs> at something called MetLife Stadium. Um, yeah. You're not happy. Way, Are you I, happy? You're not happy. I see pros and cons. I mean, again, if for, for me personally, like I said, I got tons of friends in my area, plenty of places to stay, yeah. great food and restaurants. But if you look at it from an actual football perspective, having it in the middle of the country, especially when you know, you're going to have semifinals at either end of the country in Dallas, would have made more sense. When you look at it from a football perspective in terms of weather conditions, because you're gonna have to play this game early afternoon, right? Because you wanna show it in Europe and Asia yeah. and not like, it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be really hot, it's gonna be really humid, it's gonna be really unpleasant. We've been here before, yeah, we've had yeah. World Cups there before. In Dallas, much as it, Jerry Jones, as you know, skeeves me, they, they have a roof. They can. It's an air-conditioned stadium. Like it's like playing indoors. So when you look at it purely from the from that perspective, yeah, it makes sense. And people say Jerry Jones promised them a bunch of money and tax breaks. Whatever. I don't know. I suspect. I was speaking to somebody at FIFA recently, and he says the problem is people in the FIFA council genuinely believe that there's only three cities in the United States. Yeah, probably. L.A., <laughs> New York, and Miami. Those are the only ones they know. <laughs> right? So they're like, Dallas, what's that? Wasn't that a TV show, right? No, th this is the reality. Yeah, yeah, and then they're going to be I'm in Manhattan surprised. and do the shopping, and they don't realize that it can take three days to get from Manhattan to MetLife Stadium yeah. and exit 16W of the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, we'll have to leave early, okay? We'll, we'll leave very, very early. Really but you very know what? Well. You can do the Sopranos tour uh, oh, on yeah. the way. I've, that's done, it already. I've done it already. But yeah, yeah. Jules, that brings us to an end. But by the way, uh, listeners, uh, if you have questions for us, please go ahead. Send them in. We've done a Q&A before. We'll, we'll do our best to do it again. Yeah. How exactly. about that? All right, Jules, we got to come back on Thursday because yes. some big, big midweek games, something called the League Cup, I believe, yeah, in this country. And uh, is it the League Cup? No, no, it's not the League Cup. It's the FA Cup. FA Sorry, Cup the other one. Place, yeah. um, German Cup. I'm excited for that. Stuttgart oh and Leverkusen. How about that? Uh, plenty going on. See you on Thursday. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.